Hello, and welcome to another episode of Talkin' BS. My name is Van Santos, and as always, I'm joined by my old pal, Corey Bell. This week, we talked about remakes, reboots, spinoffs, and sequels, replicating success in music, movies, TV shows, and sports. It's a bit of a mouthful, but basically, Mortal Kombat came out last weekend, and we were just talking back and forth about how do you how do you replicate success in all of these different uh, avenues. So, if you like tangents and when Corey just goes off on random thoughts, then you're gonna really enjoy this episode. This is episode 24 of Talking BS. episode 24 here we are um real quickly before we jump into this i want to follow up on some topics that we talked about last week because some stuff happened after i talked about the super league truth did you keep up with this truth uh very slightly i mean you know we were out in phoenix uh so i was like in and out but in the middle of our meetings how the news was so big that like our rvp who was talking at the time uh he looks over at me and goes hey yo man use uh uh, president's out. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Like he just, he kept me updated throughout the meetings and I was like, what is happening right now? Like it, it fell apart overnight. It seemed like it did. And the memes were glorious, just glorious. <laughs> um, the headstone that was like, you know, uh, European super league. And it was like April 17th to April 20th, 2021. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we talked about the, the super league and, it quite literally only lasted the next day and a half. And uh, the players, the coaches. They were scared, man. They heard, they heard our scathing review. That was it. That's what it, it was. It was just the, was the, nail the, 20, in the coffin. The, the 36, 26, whatever. I can't remember the number. People that listened to that podcast, they really, they spoke loudly. Um, so, yes, uh, the next day, I think it was, the players got together. The captains of all the Premier League teams had a meeting. I'm assuming that was Zoom. And then uh, the coaches started speaking out. The fans showed up at stadiums. The Chelsea game, I think two days later, the fans blocked the bus from co- the team bus from coming in the facility. And uh, yes, by late, I believe it was Thursday night or Wednesday, uh, the teams had started backing out. And it was just like boom, 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 boom. I mean, all of this happened in like a 72-hour window. What, what a crazy, What a crazy thing. Like you've got this new idea that could potentially wreck all of football around soccer around the entire world, whatever you want to call it. And then it's dead literally like two days later, three days later, it was wild, wild to watch. I was just excited to hear about it. Like right after we talked, you know, it's like, cause I mean, all right, we talked about it last week. We were not in the best state of mind for that. For that one, we were both pretty distracted, but I wanted to talk about that in that moment. And it was great because had we waited, it had been over. It was over. We, we never would have got a real chance to address it. That's it. That's it. Uh, any other, what, any other follow-ups or anything? Anything new? I'm training. My training's done. So I'm pretty, pretty pumped about that. Next week's the final cutover to the merger and I can finally be a real human being again. Nice. And then the next week after that, you and I are together. So yep. looking, looking forward to that. We got a little, looking forward to getting some, got a little, uh, little meeting. 
some stuff together. Hell yeah. Little, little meeting is one way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm downplaying it. We're entering phase two. <laughs> I, I sent out that cryptic Instagram. Oh, shocker. For those of you that follow us on Instagram now, I sent out this like cryptic thing that was like phase two coming soon dot 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 i've been watching the marvel movies so we're in phase four of that uh so you know clearly inspired by um stanley's direction uh but yeah we're gonna we're gonna have okay little, go ahead not well, going too far yeah, way yeah, yeah. off now, i'm already way off save, what we're talking about save us but, on <laughs> but you're just talking about what you're watching i just finished it's the serpent today uh I, that that what is this? dude so good so it's a seven or eight, eight part. It's an eight part episode. Chime. chime. It's an eight part. Hey, it's eight. So I'm getting eight chimes for my eight part episode. Boom. Uh, and it's based on a true story. Uh, it's about this guy over in Asia who basically drugs and kills tourists, steals their passports, uses their passports to go out of the country. So that way they have exit stamps to make it look like they left and were never in the country in the first place. So whatever Say bodies were what? found, like, dude, it's, oh, it's crazy. And the, it just keeps getting worse. This dude like almost creates like a cult following and then he gets away with it all. And by the time that he serves like 10 years on some trumped up other charge, the statute of limitations for the murders that he was convicted for or supposedly convicted for expire. And so he never had to face real trial for the murder what? and like for fore- or murders. What is this? And on? So like for it's on Netflix. It's uh, it's phenomenal. I feel like it's I've heard, I feel like I, I heard the name, but I had never heard anything about the show, which we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that, all of that. Um, yes, yeah, so got a big meeting coming up, phase two. Very excited about this. We actually, I have no idea what's about to happen, so it could just be the same stuff. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> just nope, kidding. not the same stuff. Um, all right, so this we're, we're, this here we are, episode 24. Uh, here, this is our loose working title. No, it's the actual title. It might, it might change. I don't know. We're going to see what we talk about. Remakes, reboots, spinoffs, and sequels replicating success in music, movies, TV, and sports. Unique it's New a really York. Long title. I'm glad I warmed up my lips for this one for that title. So really, that sounds. Dirty. I just wanted it to sound that as epic really as possible. Um, <laughs> you came up with this idea, spurred on by yeah. what? So the the new Mortal Kombat Get just came here. out on HBO. Get over here. All right, if you, I we're gonna talk about it, and I'm gonna try not to give away spoilers. I'm gonna try to not do spoilers, but I'm terrible. It's a video so game movie, won't. Corey. All right, it is, but it isn't. All, All right, right. Well, it is, but it isn't. Well, because us, we grew up with it, right? Like we had the original, we had the OG, <sighs> and we were young enough at that time to think that that was a great movie. If we watched it now for the first time, it would be crap. That's a good but, point. I do remember that, and I remember thinking it was awesome, just awesome. Right? Yeah. The full remake of this is a completely different movie. So it is I, I a completely not, different story. I've not watched that uh, the the original Mortal Kombat since I was probably like sixteen years old. I, if I had to guess, or eighteen, I don't know. But that's still I mean fifteen years ago. So okay, so this movie comes out. I was pretty excited about it. I wouldn't say I was the biggest Mortal Kombat fan growing up, but we played. I played. We know that you didn't play because you're terrible at video game. Or maybe you played, you just lost. Fact. We know you lost. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I used to play the one at like, like you know, what was it? CC's Pizza, right? Where you had like yes. the, the, the two little A and B and the, the joystick. That's uh, about my extent. I was about to say, I don't, I played a little bit on consoles, but it was mostly just at like the skate rink and stuff, like the movie yep. theater. You know what I'm saying? Like the actual stand up yep. arcade, which was a blast. Um, and yes, but, I did suck at it. But. We live in a world of, of all of these things. It, it, it feels like there's not original, an original idea out there. And when, when a good original idea comes around, you just, you just soak it up. 
You know what I'm saying? Um, but, y- you know, you brought up Mortal Kombat. I, I watched it on Friday night, last Friday. Had a few drinks. I finished it with my youngest brother, Bo, and uh, we both came to the consensus that it was absolute trash. Now. Oh, no. Yeah, yes, <laughs> I know. And you and I, I love that you and I have not talked about this. So, But Friday night, go to bed, and I'm like, that was the worst movie I've ever seen. Made z- zero sense. Like, plot what? Like, just reintroduce characters from wherever. I was like, what happened? And I, I was like, I woke up Saturday. I was like, I'll probably watch that again just to make sure that I feel good about that. <laughs> I watched it Sunday night, and I was like, man, there's a couple scenes I don't remember that made everything make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, alcohol has that effect on the brain. Oh, a little, uh, bit, little bit. It, it I looked, liked it. I like it wasn't I, like my favorite movie, but I liked it. After Sunday's viewing, I ch- completely changed my thoughts. I thought one the fight scenes were amazing. I thought that the plot wasn't as bad as I thought it was at first. I was a little peeved. Uh, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it by now, whatever, that's a shame on you. I was like <laughs> fully expecting like the big tournament to happen. I didn't realize this was going to be a setup movie, which is fine. But I just was a little let down on Friday night that there was no actual tournament. But again, Sunday you watch it and I was like, Oh, that makes a lot more sense. So uh, I it's thought it was like, great. It made sense. But the fact they kept talking about the tournament, like they talk about the tournament the entire time. Like it is like, you think it's always going to be the next scene. Like Absolutely. you think it's just going to cut to their turn. And it, it I know. just I'm never like, oh, happens. Oh, we're going to get there. We're going to get, and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, we literally never got there. <laughs> nope. Now we are at the end of our hour and a half here. And, that, uh, okay. Th- this says a lot about me though. My, my resting state is positivity. I like an, I'm an optimist for the most part. I'm a glass half full kind of guy. So when I was at my resting state, watching it on Sunday, I was like, I could see the positives in it. I was like, these, these like finishing moves are absolutely brutal and I love it. I love it. Um, which that was great. I, I, Dude, I was Jack's like, the, in the hands, the dialogue. <sighs> yes. The, the dialogue was not as bad as I thought because I was like, it's a video game. It's based the, the mortal Kombat games have really no plot for the most part. You know what I'm saying? Like they're kind of making up yeah. stuff. So, and then even the plot itself, I was like, Oh, well I guess they kind of teed us up at the beginning. Cause he says like, I'm going to try to stop this tournament before there's a tournament. And then it's like, Oh wait, we're never going to get there. So <laughs> I, I changed my mind and it does. It told me a lot about myself. Cause Friday night had a few drinks. My brother's getting me riled up and I jumped on the train of like, this is terrible. But like, that's not my resting state. You know what I'm saying? I'm usually going to find the positives in the, through, through everything. You know what this reminds me of? Remember a few years back when we went and saw Suicide Squad right when that came out? And like everybody's like, just, just say it's the yeah. worst movie of all time. And we yeah. both walk out like, I mean, for, that's what I was expecting. You know, <laughs> like it's not like it was the We're, greatest movie, but that's what I was expecting. It wasn't The Dark Knight Rises, but it wasn't the no. worst movie I've ever seen. Was I entertained? Did I get to smell some popcorn and just stuff my face with popcorn? Layer that butter. It better be layered or else I'm taking that shit back. And then I'm going to get what else? What's the last thing I'm going to get, Corey? Uh, you usually you used to. Well, no, Twix is like your road. Uh, okay. Like you do Twix in the movie theater too? No. See, Twi- you always do a Red Bull and a Twix whenever we get on, on the, the road. On the road, but in the movie theater, there's a, oh, there's a candy. Oh, no, I don't, I don't remember. Oh, my God. Remember. Sour Patch. It's been a while, oh, man, Come since on, Sour Patch. Movies. Let's go. It's been a while since we've gone to the movies, though. That's we, true. I mean, it's, it used to be all we did. That's true. Right? I mean, because it's all we could do. Yeah. But, that, you know. I, we, we had the Rave. We had the Rave movie theater right across yeah, the, the, uh, the mountain. That was great. So. Yep. 
All right. Well, that I feel like that's a pretty good tee up. So th- this this whole Mortal Kombat thing got us thinking about remakes, reboots, sequels, spinoffs, all this stuff. How do you replicate an idea, or how do you replicate success? Or sometimes it's funny they they try to remake things that were bad the first time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's true. Um, so I we asked some questions out there. And we also kind of formulated our own thoughts. So we're just going to kind of take these, take these in order, but movies first, obviously, since we're already there, um, you got a couple different things out there. You got sequels, you got reboots, yeah. and then you got total complete remakes. So, uh, obviously Mortal Kombat was a, a remake, and more of a remake. I think it's yeah, more, of a remake, definitely more of a remake, but sure. it sounds like they're planning on doing more. So well, the way it ends, right? Because the whole time I'm sitting there, I want Johnny Cage. Like right. he, he's my dude. I know. You know, I want him to show up. And at the very end, they tease him. I mean, they, they tease him for the tournament. Now, again, we're probably going to get there, and there's never going to be a tournament ever. I but, swear. <laughs> you know, I think that the whole next movie is just going to be sitting around. But they teed it up for sequels, hundred percent. Right. My only, my biggest critique of that movie, though, what was it? Oh, all right. So thinking about Game of Thrones, right? And like half of the first, last few seasons, it was just the it was filmed in like pitch black dark and you couldn't see anything yeah. i felt like majority of mortal Kombat was just filmed out at a bar so we're talking like about movies we're, we're talking about movies and you're gonna bring up tv shows that's the next topic just just hold on yeah. just hold on bro hold on no you're it's you're you're right it did get very dark there at the end and then you know i i i probably put this in here later but i was talking to evan today uh shout out evan tone he listens to us sometimes no, i think it's all the time <laughs> Um, and he brought up a a perfect complaint that I have as well. He said that he adamantly vehemently does not watch any trailers. He will only watch the teaser of any sort of TV show, movie, anything, which I love because my biggest complaint about mortal Kombat is why am I seeing sub zero and, uh, Scorpion. Scorpion. Good Lord. There it is. Why am I watching those two fight? And why am I seeing the absolute coolest scenes in the, in the ultimate fight of the entire movie? Why am I watching that in the, in the trailer? Save me something. Give, give me some, give me something to look forward to because I'm, I'm, I get to the end and I'm like, I still haven't seen that scene. I'm like, Oh wait, it's the last scene. I'm like, great. So I've seen, I literally watched the entire movie in the trailer. Come on. You're killing me. Thoughts on that? There's a lot. You watch trailers? There's a lot of movies. I do. Uh, and I regret it generally. Yeah, but I mean, it's 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 a really good point, right? I mean, all the good scenes, or I hate it. My worst is not so much with the action stuff, but it's with comedies, and it's like all the best the jokes best are in jokes. the trailer. Yeah, and then it's just like, well, I don't care anymore. Like, why why am I here for? Uh, it's it's so it's true. Miserable. I hate it. That's it, that. I will. I, I like that. I, I've never thought about it, but I like that take. I've never thought about intentionally doing like it, take. but I will tell you that with Mortal Kombat coming up, I kept seeing the trailer and I was like, ooh, this looks very very cool. And, uh, I kept, uh, I kept, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch this as soon as it comes out. And so I probably watched it twice. (laughs) I probably watched the trailer too many times and it definitely led to me being let down a little bit. So yeah, we, if we know that more combat is going to be a sequel, let's talk about a few, few sequels that were, that have been done correctly. That's a great, Uh, there are definitely sequels that are not done correctly. I know. And I feel like we need to talk about like sequels versus like a whole idea. Cause like, I just, we're wrapping up Marvel here in my household. Those movies were like planned out. Those were already in the works. You know what I'm saying? Some like standalone sequels. It's like, what were you thinking? Did you ever see, uh, have you seen Coming to America 2 yet? I did not see that. And it's been so long since I saw Coming to America that I just didn't, 
I could have. It's on Amazon or whatever. I could have watched it. I just, yep. I haven't yet. There's just been so much other stuff. I had to. I had to rewatch the original. Like, Any it's good? not like I forgot the original. Yeah. But I had to rewatch it to make sure. Right. Um, it's okay. I feel like that's what happens with most of them. We got we got some uh, feedback from from the Cody's, from Mr. Cody B and from Mr. S. Uh, Cody B says his favorite sequels are Thor Ragnarok, Ragnarok, uh, yeah. The Dark Knight, Quality, Avengers: Infinity War, and uh, and well, Rush Hour Two, and then Spider Man into the Spider Verse. By the way, Spider Man into the Spider Verse was freaking awesome. I loved that movie. I think I watched it on a whim one, like we, like weekend afternoon or like some night after Kimberly went to sleep. I'm like, I'm thinking like cartoon movie. Like I'm not into that. That's not really my thing. Like the whole star Wars cartoons. I've never been into that, but people say they're great. So I watched this movie and I'm, I got very low expectations and I am like, what, what an awesome movie it was fantastic. So Cody B spot on there i, I come coming back to the infinity war and the ragnarok like are those sequels though i mean yes they're sequels of the avengers and of thor but like those were mapped out you know what i'm saying like that's part yeah. of the big storyline that's the part of the big arc so i don't know if i give that an actual like check as a sequel thoughts no i uh it's not a sequel but i agree with that they're great those are great movies. movies i'm those are great yeah. movies those those are great like secondary movies. What I don't like, and listen, I've got I mean I've got Jonah, six year old, right? So the movies that I watch most now are not the same that I used to. Right. Uh, but I could tell you that some of the movies that like they'll go in and tee up a sequel, and then the original is so bad the sequel never happens. True. Let me. So here's because here's a good one that we watched for our pizza movie night uh, about a month or so ago is the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Oh, with Jim uh, Carrey. Yeah, was that any like good? Jim Carrey and stuff. No good. It's not bad, but it ain't gonna. It's not worthy of a sequel. Oh, okay, I got you. And I was about to say there was never. They an tee original. it up at the end. Oh, okay. They tee it up in the end to be to have a sequel. Gotcha. Like, That's not gonna happen. This will never get made. Because, uh, so we're, I want to get to a bigger question here in a second. Oh, screw it. I'll ask it now. So. This is the issue with sequels, and I want to address this one first, too. The Dark Knight, that's one of the best of all time because I feel like it is a sequel in that I feel like had the Dark Knight, had the uh, Batman Begins, had that tanked, it was never going to tank because it's Christopher Nolan, but had it tanked, they could have canceled the other two movies. I really do believe that, but it, it was successful, so they brought the, the they let him do the full trilogy. Could be totally wrong on that. Someone should correct me, um, but that was one of the best sequels of all time. But here's, here's the bigger problem with replicating success is especially I find with LA and with, you know, movies and all the other things we're about to talk about. Once you get it, they want to try to sustain it. But if you try to sustain something that needed to be singular, it's not going to be as good. You know what I'm saying? Or, or you make the, like, like you just said, yeah, yeah. So, I feel like we could list some of our favorites, but we could also list some of our worst, like legacy sequels, like Dumb and Dumber 2 or Dumb and Dumber or whatever. Oh, so bad. What? There were two sequels so to that, bad. and even the one that was actually Jim Carrey, it was blah. It was bad. It, like, it was bad. It was, it, was it, bad. Had, it had the the idea of like, oh, this is kind of cool because it's completing this story. It's, it's wrapping up, the, bringing us back into this world, but it, you'll never be Dumb and Dumber. I mean, that, that movie is singular. It's just that it needs to close like a closed loop. Um, what was the other one I was thinking about? Uh, 
Dumb and Dumber and Anchorman. Anchorman Two, I thought was absolutely. I actually thought. Oh. I actually thought it was funny up until the moment where he's like got a pet shark. The shark. He's got like a baby shark that he adopts yeah. as a son, and I'm like, okay, okay, Will Ferrell. I don't. I don't know what happened on that. I don't know what happened on that day of shooting uh, or that day of writing, but. Maybe, maybe rope it was back. almost like a completely different movie. At that rope point. it back in. Like it really was like, yes, it felt like all of a sudden the movie changed. So this is, I guess what I'm getting at we're it the, the bigger theme that I want to talk about as we go through all of this is replicating success because it's a little different in sports, but in an art, it's very hard to do that because it's like, well, do I need to be more original now or do I need to stick to what I was good at? Because it's just an interesting thought. So I want to keep that in mind as we keep going through this, but Mr. S Cody Santos wanted me to add in here that every Disney live action remake is absolute garbage. This is not the brother that I watched Mortal Kombat with. This is Mr. S. You guys know Mr. S. Do you have a rebuttal to that or do you agree? A little. All right. That was an, I that, don't that was a, that uh, was an I, or question. I'm not saying that everyone is a, <laughs> yeah, there's not, I'm not saying that everyone's, you know, like a, a hit. But if you look at something like the new Mulan, like that was actually a pretty good movie. Like, yeah, it had some. There was no singing in it and all that kind of stuff. But that's different. There was no singing. There's no, no singing. singing in it. Listen, but they do get down to business and defeat the Hans. No. All right. They do it. They don't sing about it, but they do it. It's uh, I mean, it's different, right? It's not your cartoon piece. Uh, I will say there are some that aren't nearly the same. Like a lot of people were really big on like the Jungle Book remake. Uh, the live action remake, uh, nah, I, I couldn't do that one. The, the live animals just freaked me out a little bit. So was that one called Mowgli though? Was that the one that was Mowgli? Because there was another live no, there, action. There was, yep. There was there two, was, right? There was both. There was Mowgli and Jungle Book. Yeah, and Jungle Book. I don't think I watched Jungle Book. I think I watched Mowgli. Is that the one with Idris Elba? Sure. That's you, you know <laughs> he, I'm terrible. He when played. He played Shere Khan. So bad. When he it's. played Shere Khan. Idris Elba. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's him. That's him, but I'm so bad with names. We, uh, we went and watched Aladdin together, uh, and I thought, not you and I, Kimberly and I, but um, I thought that one was pretty good, actually. They had some new songs, which I thought was like, okay, so, so you're not only just doing a total remake, but you're doing a, you know, a, a, like you get, you're adding some twist to it, which I thought was, that was pretty cool. It's kind of similar to The Lion King. You know, like I didn't watch the Lion King. Action, I know I should have. Dude, the Lion King was actually really good. Like it was, it was really, really good. Uh, I thought that they did that well. But I will. All right, I'll, I'll give Mr. S uh, a point here. Like it is a lot harder to kind of do those remakes, right? That are so cemented and so you know, there's only one way really to do it. If unless you kind of change the story a little bit, I think that's really what you can almost have to do. Uh, but a couple of those successful remakes that I would say that kind of changed the story when you want to look at it from a larger point of view. Think about like the Ocean's Eleven franchise. Like all that stuff was done before. Right. Think about the Batman franchise. All that stuff has been done 18 times. Yeah. Right? Uh, James Bond. All the, all the different James Bonds. It's like it's the same story, but it's completely different. Very true. So it's, you know, I think that's kind of what you have to do. You can still use the same characters and stuff, but you have to change it. Uh, you know, I think we kind of hit on some of the uh, the best and, and worst kind of remakes, you know, from from just that that kind of conversation. That was Tyler King's kind of next question that he wrote in. What are our top two favorite, best, worst, you know, type type deal? So I don't know unless you have a specific one that maybe we haven't hit on. 
you know, probably kind of just keep it, keep it rolling. I think we kind of answered that question. I think, I think so too. And, and there's almost too many to touch on. I mean, what do we, we hit Anchorman and uh, what was the other one we were talking about? We read all the Disney ones. The we, Disney I, ones. I, I, we went through all the Disney ones just for, know. Just for Mr. S's benefit there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're just, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like as we keep rolling, we'll think about others just cause there's so many, it's difficult to like actually think about all of them, but I say we just roll right into TV shows. Cause I feel pretty strongly Let's about some of this stuff. Um, well, I already, already briefed, uh, game of Thrones. So you want to start there? You did. You did. Yeah. So, ah, man, there, there's some, like the first time that I ever dealt with this was with lost, which I think we've talked about my relationship with lost before on here. So, it's one of my favorite TV shows of all time. I like weird stuff. I like sci-fi stuff. I like, like, you know, it, it got out there. It got really, really out there. What is a polar bear doing on a tropical island? Nobody knows. And you know what? To this day, we still don't know. <laughs> so, um, but some things that I learned about as a, a consumer of art. There you go. Um, <clears throat> there was a writer's strike that happened in the middle of that show. So, like... That was the first time I was introduced to like, oh, this isn't just like a, a pre-made storyline. There are people that are writing this weekly, annually. They don't know where they're going. They're making this stuff as they go. And so that was my first like encounter with, oh, this isn't like set in stone. These are just people that are making this as they go, which is a, a really weird thing. Like you see a movie and I'm thinking, well, this is how the movie was supposed to be made. Like you don't think there's a whole room of writers in the back and producers and directors. I didn't know the business of TV shows and movies. Um, but with that being said, how do you wrap up a TV show? Where is it going? You know, do you prefer shows that have like a set, like two seasons or one, like a one closed loop or like thoughts on that? Well, yeah, think of it this way, right? Think of like Breaking Bad. Like it, it cut off in like the pinnacle of its popularity because they were like, hey, we're not going to be one of those shows that just has no real ending, right? You know, we're going to have an ending and it's going to be what it is and you're going to either like it, love it, I don't really care. But there was a full story. It wasn't like, uh, well, where the hell are we going to go from here? You know, that's kind of what Lost got to. They were just like, yes. I mean, what do we do now? It's like, well, I don't even know. How can we get this crazier? We've it's opened just, up kind of so we've opened up so many storylines, and we don't have enough time to close them. And so that was yep. pretty. That was pretty frustrating. Again, like I said, I'm a glass half full guy. So like, I pulled out certain things that I enjoyed, and I, I loved the ending. I thought it was great, and I kind of was okay with the fact that like I don't know the answers to all of the questions, but that's okay. Cause it was supposed to just be this weird ride. Now game of Thrones, Oh man, that whole last season was just hurtful. It, the whole last season, it was painful because it was the best show I've ever seen ever. It was up through like season five or six, I guess. And, then again, this is so I already had the lesson from Lost, but like politics get involved and you could tell the two directors or the, the two show writers had signed on to do Star Wars, which is funny. They subsequently got knocked off of, I believe. But um, you could tell it, it was funny, like leading up to it. It was like, oh, we're going to extend this last season into two partial seasons, like a seven and a five episodes and so i'm like cool well we're getting extra material but then you watch it and you're like this could have been three full seasons right here or at least two full seasons like all of a sudden the pace this was the biggest issue was the pace of the show very rushed. just like 
went exponential. Whereas yeah. the first couple seasons, you know, some people who first got into it might think, ah, oh, this is kind of dragging. It's kind of slow. I don't know. Chime. Chime. Um, but for whatever reason, those last season and a half was just like hyper speed. So I still to this day believe it had they come to the same ending, but they had just extended it out over two seasons, two full seasons. I think, I think the majority of people would have liked it better. Maybe. You might not be wrong. You might not be wrong. <laughs> Maybe. It definitely got expedited. Listen, there's a lot of strong feels about, you know, Game of Thrones. A lot of strong feels. How do you feel about the, uh, with the spinoff of the House, game, whether it was House, of, of, House of the Dragon? I think this is the yeah. third attempt at a spinoff. So I actually appreciate HBO a little bit for like, it, I'm assuming the, they made a whole pilot for the other one. I think it was something else, but, uh, then they, they nixed it like before it, it, you know, they got the pilot and they're like, yeah, we're not putting this out. So <laughs> good, good on them for that. Uh, I hope so. At least, um, I would hope that if they're going to do a spinoff, they do it. Well, I think Cody said he read the book. Mr. S said he read the book. Um, and he was telling me last night that I, I need to go back and read it. He actually gave it to me. It's in the house somewhere. So I probably should read that, but uh, I'm excited. I mean, again, optimist, let's hope it's good. <laughs> you, yeah, you, you are, you are more so. Uh, than I, I think. I mean, I'm going to watch it still, you know, but I'm yeah. going to be very, I'm going to be hypercritical of it going into it, right? Fair. I'm not going to go into it with an open mind. And that's not fair. And I know that's not fair, but that's, so that's what it's going to be. So talking about replicating success, I think about like sitcoms, which I used to absolutely hate sitcoms. Uh, I've gotten into them a little bit more now. I think about like New Girl and stuff and Kimberly Can we talk about that? Hold on. I want to start there. Okay. I want to start at New okay. Girl. Do it. Because if you want to talk about a rushed ending, the ending at New Girl was god awful. So, but this is this is kind of the like, conclusion was fine, but the episode, like the two, terrible. I think about it. They rushed it. They think rushed about it so the much. Office as well. So it's like there, it's a sitcom. Yes, the plot moves it forward a little bit, but there are episodes about nothing. Seinfeld did this for us. He set up a show about nothing, and so yeah, there are little plot points and relationship changes and like job changes and there's there's some like continuity on some stuff but like at the same time with those kind of shows i'm not expecting the the best ending because how do you end a show about how do you end about a story about nothing you know i think about the office which i actually love the ending of the office i love that i thought that was great they tied up as as well as they could um new girl i was fine with that one new girl was very rushed i don't know if i liked how they like skipped ahead years and stuff like that that got a little weird it was like, right, just put us it back in the, Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was too one. much. That's fair. It's um, a worst sitcom ending, though, by far to me. Oh. Just because of how predictable and how everything it was. was I, I loved How I Met Your Mother. Like, okay. that was one of my shows. And the way that ended, like, I sat there and I was telling everybody, I was like, this is what's going to happen, and I'm going to be pissed. This is what's going to happen. And it happened, and I was, I was so mad. Funny story. So never, mad about it. Never seen it. I mean, I've seen a few episodes, but I've never watched all the way through. Uh, I'm a well, big Jason Siegel guy. One, like, I love Jason Siegel. I think we talked about this on here, but one of the worst TV show endings in my book was Dexter. Like, it's coming back, baby. It's coming back. But apparently, yes, they signed on to do to bring it back, which is interesting. But they'll have to redeem that. I have already said that on here before, but that one was just that one was bad. <sighs> it was rough. That so was I bad. feel like TV shows, and then. Again, I, th I feel like if it's a TV show made about pre-made pre content, 
or like a movie. Like I'm thinking about Harry Potter. Like those books existed. They're just following the script of the book. Yeah, they can deviate a little bit, but it's already made. You know where it's going to wrap up. But with these right? open-ended yeah. shows, like it could go anywhere. And so it, I have a tough time getting stuck or getting latched onto something new, like Jericho. Do you ever watch Jericho on Netflix? I never did Jericho. Oh my gosh. It, it was, it's a post-apocalyptic kind of thing, like nuclear war happens and then these people uh, band together in certain communities and stuff. Um, but the first season was one of the best seasons of TV. I, it was amazing. And then you get to season two and you're like, okay, I don't know what we're doing. Season three is like, okay, it's still pretty cool. And then it's like, we've gotten, can- like the show got canceled. So there is no ending. You never get an ending. Could you imagine that? Like, not e- like you end on a cliffhanger ready for next season. And then they ax the show and it's like, well, that was the, you know, most blue balls thing ever. <laughs> Jon Snow just died. Nope. No more. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's it. We're done. So, um, yeah, no, that's, yeah. I don't know, man. And then you got, you got other things like, you know, I, I've talked about house of cards and stuff in the past and like how I feel that I can't enjoy it. And it did the whole, I last never season even watched the end. Up. I never even watched that last season. I don't think the last season they did as good as they could do, but it just wasn't the same. So, and that, and that's another thing is like, what happens when, Oh, we got a new, this is a whole other thing by itself. But what happens when people either get canceled from the show, get canceled from society or legitimately like pass away. We've had a lot of CGI replacements these days in movies and stuff. Yeah. Carrie Fisher and stuff. Yes, I'm thinking star Wars Wars specifically. There's just CGI and people left and right in that, in that movie. Um, well, think about, uh, I mean, you just talked about Harry Potter, right? The original Dumbledore, right? I don't know their names. They I just replaced, know that he is, they actually the reca- very first one because he passed away. recasted him, which was, which is interesting. Um, I think about like the Matrix as well. They recast the Oracle because I think she died as well. Did you ever know that? I didn't know that. It I was, I never, like, I liked those movies, but yeah, I didn't yeah. It was many years apart. And I think they actually wrote in a script like they actually addressed it in the movie, which I thought was kind of cool. She was like, yeah, I, I may look different, but it's still me. There's many different reiterations of me. And yeah. it was so sci-fi, you could get away with that. Dumbledore was just like, no, no, no. He just looks different now. It's fine. Well, think about this. Like this was a TV show that you and I know watched growing up. And I know that it kind of, we noticed, right? Uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Aunt Viv. Man. I mean, like that's completely different. Yeah. Completely different. Yeah. And like, if you've ever seen, I never watched it. Did you ever watch the, like the reunion documentary special thing? I did not. They did. I heard it was no. really, really good. And they addressed a lot of that change. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, and it got pretty emotional and different things. But, uh, oh yeah, everyone. I mean, everyone knew that one. That one was a obvious. Like, it wasn't even close. Right. It wasn't even a close reca- recasting. Do you want to, anyway. any other thoughts on TV shows? Um, you know, I think there are some ways to be successful in how you close it out. I'll tell you the best, uh, sitcom kind of, you know, finale that I can think of off the top of my head was Parks and Rec. Oh, that one is pretty good. Parks and Rec. Yes. Tied it up beautifully. And like, it was just, it was a well-told story. I, I, that one, that one wins for me from like a sitcom scenario. And you, you've got me, you got me onto Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is still rolling. So I'm it curious is. at some point how they will try to wrap that up because there's some great storylines in that. Again, that a show is. about nothing 
that does have some good plot though. There, there are some good, good plot lines in there that, that show up intermittently. Um, every well, now and then it gets a little too out there. That's my only true. like, I'm like, all right, let's, let's calm it down a little bit. True. It's still funny. Like it's I, still, I still laugh. So I don't know why I've totally spaced on this whole side of TV shows that I feel pretty strongly about, but HBO. So I want to talk about a couple HBO shows real fast. Cause I'm spacing, um, true detective. Did you ever get into that? No, you've told me to several times and just have not. So first and foremost, HBO does it right. We've talked about that on here. Like they just, they fully immerse you in whatever universe they're putting you in. True detective has been great so far. I think we were what? Two seasons in three, two, two. I think it's three. Is it three? No, I think this is the third, right? I don't know. I don't know. We don't have a season three yet. I don't think there's a new season. No. Um, Well, the first one was Matthew McConaughey and I'm losing his name. We'll figure it out in a second. Um, And then the other is uh, Colin Farrell and Vince Vaughn playing a bad guy, a serious role for Vince Vaughn. Um, I like when shows HBO has done this before, like with the wire it's a similar world and it's a similar feel and it's the same show name, but it's a different place. So it's like, do you ever watch the wire? Nope. Nope. Okay. Well, I'll just talk by my, I'll just talk to myself for the next five minutes. It's not a big deal. Um, you're talking to other people. You're talking to other people. They're listening. They've, they've watched it. It's a part of the show. That's I love that. I've gotten Bo hooked on the wire. My Bo, my youngest brother loves the wire and, uh, it, it is just, Oh man, it goes through crime in Baltimore, but it's like starts like first it's inner city and then it's like port. It's like they're at a port and stuff. And then the third season I think goes into the actual political realm. So that's actual politicians. And there's like crossover characters that are the same, but we're in a whole different piece of the crime puzzle. And it's, it's very crazy how they, how they like weave it all together. It's four seasons closed. It's great. It's fantastic. Um, but I do love how TV shows like that can keep like the same name, but tell a different story. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, it's kind of how we talked about the remakes, right? Like in the movie sector, like it's the same movie, but it's a completely different story. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, fair enough. I mean, yes, I, I guess for, to your point though, it's different characters. Like for but the movies, some, the but sometimes they cross them over. It, it's like the oh, okay. same feel. It's kind of like American Horror Story. Did you ever watch those? Now that I so it's like the same. It's like the same season to season is similar. They even use the same actors. They just told different stories. It's kind of like that, except for these are the same characters, and they just they twist things a little bit. So you're in the same world. You get the same feel and same production. It's like an artist putting out different albums, which is a great segue to our next section. But it's like an artist putting out different albums and changing over time. It's like it's the same sound, kind of same person putting out the music, same creator, but then like we're putting some big twists on things. So right. with that, uh, music straight into it, straight into music. So Cody, you'll, you'll have more to talk about with this than I will. That's okay. Um, but I will say just to, to your, to your point right there with, with it, the, the biggest artist that I can think of about kind of the evolution, uh, you know, and it's, you almost have to be pretty popular, I would think, to be able to really see a true ev- evolution over like your musical career. And the biggest one that pops in my mind is really Taylor Swift. As weird as that may sound, think about like when we saw, all right, I for think real, she, cause she's I'll our age. choose a cardigan. <laughs> <laughs> but think about it. She was our age, right? And yeah. like, we saw her at Big Spring Jam when we were like 14 years old. 
And like, that's pure country Taylor Swift. Even though I will say that was one of the coolest concerts that I think I went to because she opened it up with an acoustic version of Lose Yourself by Eminem. I don't know if you remember that, but like, it Vaguely. blew my mind. Um, yeah. And then, you know, obviously she's grown and done exponentially other things. Like, I can't name probably five songs from her, but I do know that it has evolved. So she went country to pop to now like folk Americana. She's like dipping into everything. She's a great songwriter. Very, very clever. I don't put on her stuff regularly, but whenever it comes on or like when her new stuff comes out, I'll usually give her album like a listen. And I'm always impressed by the little, it's just really clever songwriting. Um, Go ahead. No, I will say like one of the coolest things from like, it wasn't Taylor Swift, but it was her album. Ryan Adams redid her 1989 Adam. That was phenomenal. Yeah, Like that was really cool. cool. Really, really cool to listen to. Um, It does show how great a songwriter she is. Exactly. All right. So with that, all that being said, let's lead to some questions. Uh, Cody B always, always bringing the heat with the questions. He always has the best questions. He's sitting out on the farm, out on the tractor, man. He's got nothing to, nothing but time to think. I just imagine him like chopping down trees and collecting eggs from chickens. And, uh, he may not do either one of those things or maybe he does both of those things. Okay. He does both of those things. Um, and he's just thinking about just awesome questions. This one is just a little straightforward, but here we go. He goes, what is your favorite remake of a song? So this is so tough to me. And I'll tell you why in his second part, Sometimes you hear a song and you don't even know it's a remake. So I mean, th- in all seriousness, the one that he said was his favorite, which I'm about to reveal, I <laughs> sadly enough didn't know it was a remake. And this is one of my favorite songs that I've been jamming for like two years now. No, like four years, something like that. Chris Stapleton's Tennessee Whiskey. How, how do I not know that George Jones wrote that originally? How do I not know that? I didn't know that. I mean, I didn't know that. So I went and he sent, he sent this into us and he says, George Jones will always be the best, but Chris takes this one to a whole new level of good. I go and I listen. I looked up George Jones, Tennessee whiskey. And sure enough, it's the same song, but it's very classic, straightforward, classic country. And then Stapleton adds this kind of like smooth blues kind of laid backfield to it. And Wow, I, my, it blew my mind. It, it, it's it's crazy to me sometimes how you don't think about even some of your favorite songs. You're like, oh, that is that is a remake. So, what's yours, dude? Mine, I had I had a couple. Uh, the first one that popped in my mind is another. I don't know. I, dude, I was feeling I was feeling the the female in, inspiration yeah. for this, I guess. But did you ever hear or listen to? Like Miley Cyrus's uh, remake of Belly Parts, Jolene. It's pretty good. To me, she, that was she phenomenal. Is, she's very uh, polarizing, but she's very talented as well. Her uh, she can sing. What's the new one that kind of sounds like uh, like Stevie Nicks a little bit? But oh it's, yeah, she just song, did the other night. At that song, yeah, I know what you're talking it about. It grooves so well, and she's got an amazing voice. Um, she does. But the White Stripes also did Jolene. That yes. was another phenomenal version. I loved both of those. But I will say probably one of my biggest remakes. I love both versions, but this is a little bit of an older song. It was All Along the Watchtower. Yeah. Jimi Hendrix covering Bob Dylan. Both of those are phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, but Jimmy's rocks, dude. I mean, like, that's yeah. it's some cool. That's a, that's a cool song. That it's one a very cool is, song. Uh, that one's amazing. 
I uh, what you I, got? I almost give me, put, give, me, give me a few years. I almost put all on the watchtower um, as well, so but uh, now that you're bringing this up, John Mayer covering "Bold Is Love," which is a Jimi Hendrix song. That oh, yeah. that is an amazing version as well. It's a little bit more straightforward. Like it sounds pretty similar to the original, obviously with John Mayer's spin. But I didn't think about that one till right now. Um, a couple of the ones that I had. Um, all right, so this is a weird one. Most people, I don't know if they know this or not, but Johnny Cash, in like one of his last recordings ever, I think he won a Grammy for it, he recorded Hurt by Nine Inch Nails, which it seems like such a strange... What is Johnny Cash doing listening to Nine Inch Nails? <laughs> well, that almost, though, like that makes it more, because it's a, it's a very fresh take. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, and if you look at somebody like, I mean, listen, we've all talked about how I used to think... Uh, you know, I was I was big into hip hop, basketball. You know that was my thing for a while. But like, if you looked at like Lil Wayne or Kanye West or any of these guys, they li- they listen to everything. It's right. not just one genre of music. It is everything, and they will take inspirations and samples and twists and you know ev- from everywhere. From yes, everywhere. it's just it makes it cool. And that and we're coming into my world. I give you my my second one real fast, but it's "I Will Always Love You" by Whitney Houston covering Dolly Partner Part Parton. Woo, Dolly. Yeah. Um, Go Dolly. I actually love. I will play that song <laughs> acoustically. Uh, it's just such a a cool from the chord changes to the the key change at the end. I found this guy online. I can't remember his name. I have to go look it up. But uh, he was from Texas, I think, and he was covering it as well. And it was just him and an electric guitar. And man, that song just it just moves. It moves musically and it just moves you or moves me every time I listen to it. Um, and her rendition of it was amazing, but I want to touch on, you, you mentioned crossing of genres. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things in the, in the absolute world. Um, and I'm always thinking about Lincoln park and Jay Z always spoiler, spoiler alert for this pod, but Lincoln park is my favorite band of all time. So there you go. We're just going to, I'm going to say that definitively, I have a close second right now, but um, yeah, the mashups are great. And I love when like genres cross and cover things. I mean, in hip hop and rap and R&B and stuff, there's a lot of sampling that's done, right? So you actually hear other genres of stuff that you don't even think about. Like it's not usually a fully original beat. There's usually layers of other things that are in there, which just gives it this cool feel, you know? Which, I mean, it can be good, right? Kanye gets called out all the time for basically stealing and sampling everything that he does mm-hmm. as opposed to coming up with anything original, which I think was like one of the you know questions that you posed at the very beginning. Uh, but at the same time, the dude is a musical genius. All right. So uh, I don't yeah. like any of his music anymore, but the dude is a musical genius. So, so music is totally different, in my opinion, from TV and movies. It's just a different emotional connection, right? When I'm watching a TV show or movie, I'm, I'm associating with other humans, right? So I'm like the feeling that I have, and you can tell me if you feel differently, but the feeling I get is I'm, I'm connecting with characters. So it's a more of a a human thing. There's a more broad range of emotions. And I'm also like, I'm visually stimulated. So we just talked about Mortal Kombat, King Kong, Godzilla, like King Kong and Godzilla is not really doing it for me on the character front, but it's like, oh man, this is the coolest thing to watch. You know what I'm saying? Whereas like some other movies or shows may just be just talking, you know, never seen yeah. it, but Downton Abbey, I imagine there's not a lot of uh, mo- huge monsters fighting each other in that show. You know what I'm saying? But people love it for some reason. I have no idea. 
That's not me. I don't know. But <laughs> does that make sense? With music, it does. with music, it's a more ambiguous, uh, it's a more ambiguous concept. It's like, there's not a character. I'm not attaching to a character. I'm hearing the words come through me almost like it's attaching to other emotions and I'm connecting them to like m- memories that I have and history that I have. That's why it's so, that's why I love, I mean, that's, it's my passion obviously, but that's what I love about you can write a song and then all of a sudden it gets taken over by somebody else. It means something different to every single person. It's a crazy, crazy thing. So that being all that to be said, there's a different connection. So following up things, following up success is a tough thing in the music world because what's successful before and connects to people may not connect later. Does that make sense? It does. You know, like to, to your point there and one of the, it was how long ago did the Bohemian Rhapsody documentary movie come out? I, I, that was like two or three years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But so I, you know, I listen, I know queen, I would consider myself somewhat of a fan but I, I did not realize and like to the degree that there was a change right from the from the beginning of the formation of that band to continue to have success. It, you, you couldn't stay complacent and you couldn't stay just doing the same old thing. To your point, you had to change with have the adaptation of the time. Uh, and depending on, on that sliding scale where you fell was kind of depending upon how you, you bastard. were going. You <laughs> bastard. So, so. To feed off of that, we did, I listened to that, their greatest hits. I put it on usually once a month. We're just like, we were driving to the soccer game, I think. No, we were driving to Huntsville, going to see my parents last weekend. And so I just threw it on in back in the background. And I, I still blows my mind how many hits they had. Cause I clicked next. I'm like, you get through the first six or seven songs and I'm singing every song and I hit seven, I hit eight, I hit nine, I hit 10. I'm like, my God, they're all hits. <laughs> but you got to think about it at the time that wasn't popular. Like they were, they were bringing multiple genres of things together. I mean, the opera stuff, like what is going on? The classical music, the super high falsetto stuff, like in music, especially you got to kind of push the envelope on what's next. And that, that brings me to a really good point of replicating success. I am different than most people on this front. There are traditionalists that they like their sound and they want to keep that sound if train puts out like God love my dad, he loves train because train puts out the same album every two years. It's the same music, (laughs) Uh, you know, country. I hate to say it, but country fans for the most part. Now it's changed. They've, they've evolved a lot recently with this new country and everything. And it's kind of swinging back and forth. But like think about, think about it. The most hated band in the world, Nickelback people hate them because they found a little niche there and they just started putting out the same song, same chord progression, same melodies. They just changed the words and that's all it is. But it sounds bad. They may be hated, but like people buy their stuff and people are still, they're still yep. selling out concerts and stuff. Um, even though they get boycotted sometimes, but <laughs> I guess the point that I'm getting, I love when a band evolves. I love when a band changes. I, I think about Lincoln park over the years, they got a lot of flack and people hated them cause they, Oh, they're not heavy anymore. Like I loved some of their later stuff. It, it was different. Did I connect to it the same way I did with the, the beginning stuff? Not really. Um, one of my favorite bands now is bring me the horizon. And I love the fact that they will take risks. They will just, I mean, they went from like <laughs> European death metal screamo to like putting out pop records. <laughs> like I love the, the, the vastness of their ability to like change. And like, I'm just going on the journey with them. It's fantastic. Um, 
So I think replicating success in the music world, you have to also figure out how can I be unique and how can I also catch the wave before it's already crashed? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you think that that kind of change and like that kind of evolution has kind of pushed things away? Like, you know, when we were growing up in like the late nineties and stuff, every other song had a remix to it. And it was the same song, you know, different verses and stuff, but you don't see that as much anymore. At least right. I, I don't seem that I do. You think it kind of follows that same train of thought? It, it's such a weird, it's such a weird place these days because the way we take in music has changed. Same thing with TV though. You know what I'm saying? It's all the streaming and the ability to get stuff from everywhere has changed. You know, when we were growing up, it was a radio, right? I mean, for the most part, that was it. Radio, CDs, uh, lime wires. What started it all though? Napster. There you go. Uh, I wrote a paper on this. Uh, so, (laughs) so the more things change, the more they stay the same though too. So, I mean, you do think about pop radio and country radio, you know, like I said, there's a lot of replication. There's a lot of, you know, I, 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 it's kind of both though. There's a, I feel like there's this whole other world. I don't want to go into the whole thing. Cause at some point I would like to do a music specific podcast. So I'm not going to go into too yeah. much of it, but there's not as much copy and paste. And there's also a ton of copy and paste still, <laughs> I don't, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Okay. Like no, the you. kids like Billie Eilish, that is a totally original thing. And they're just that, that was a whole unique experience and they cleaned up at the Grammys. We talked about that a little bit, but then you look at Florida George line, they were original to begin with, but now it's kind of like how many other artists are copying, how many artists are copying and pasting that. Um, and that's kind of big business versus independent, but the independents now have a lot more swing the way the industry is set up these days. So anyways, like I said, I really want to save that for a whole music pot at some point. So let me, let me go into this one then. This is a different type of entertainment that we did not have in our outline whatsoever. Uh, but that's what I do. So we talked about kind of how, you know, you talked about how queen, right? Like over time, like that, the popularity of that music does kind of come back into, uh, into the fold. So what about somebody to the, uh, to the degree of like writers or artists? I'm, I'm thinking specifically in my mind, like Emily Dickinson, right? Like she wasn't even like published right when she was alive. Like nobody knew really who this girl was. And then all of a sudden she's like the most famous poet of all time now. So it's just like, how does that evolution really kind of come? And how do you say, you know, this is the way to be successful when you may do this now, it just may not be in the right time. Like people just may not get it. Yeah. Right. Well, nowadays with big business and in music specifically, they're trying to, I think they've learned that they can actually kind of push those waves that I'm talking about. So you'll notice a big push on like 80s sounding music right now, like the 1975. And as soon as these big labels start to kind of see, oh, there's a little, like the indie sound is changing to the 80s music. Let's just start pumping that. You know what I'm saying? And like, you can tell it all just kind of swells up and then it's going to crash. And then the funny thing is in like five or six years, I guarantee you the 70s or the 60s or something will come back in some, some form or fashion. And then 90s alternative will be cool at some point again. So... I don't know how that works. And it's funny, uh, Mike Posner, one of my favorite artists, he's way out there on some stuff. <laughs> uh, he, he changes regularly, but he, he has this spoken word song where he talks about, you know, um, people will like my music more when I'm dead, when I'm gone. Um, 
you know, cause right now it's just kind of dragging on. They want, they want the end. They want to see what the ending is, which is just like what we were talking about with the TV shows. So, um, I think there's part of that as well. People grasp. Like look at somebody it. like Tupac and Biggie or yeah. more recently, right? Mac Miller. Yeah. Right. I mean, like his stuff hit another high after, you know, the last, cause all that stuff, like I think what, especially for the music industry and, and it doesn't really apply so much, I think for the other ones, but you get 12 songs, right? Like that's what you get on an album. Right. But there are 112 songs that were actually made for it. Yeah. And no one sees those other, like, or like Prince, right? They talked about the amount of music that Prince had, like, just that was unreleased. Right. And it's just so much stuff. Like, it's, I don't know, that's crazy. That would be, that would be, a, we could do a full. We could I was do about to say, we're, you're getting me hyped up and I'm just going, cause I'm thinking, now I'm thinking about <laughs> the, it. Well, that's different for genres, right? So with, with rap, and underground stuff, you're going to be pumping out as much as you can. You may only put out three at a time, but you may put out three this week. And then in six weeks, you put out three more. And then I'm also thinking about the, uh, you know, we were just talking about death and everything, but like, uh, triple X and, uh, juice world, you know, that's one of Cody's favorite artists of all time. But I mean, he literally hit it. Both of them were kind of hitting their peak and they got hit songs and then they, then they died. And then those songs just went boom, just exploded. But like, it's sad, but it makes you think like, had they remained alive, would those songs have really blown up to that point? Or was it the fact that there was all this shock and news and, you know, overdose and he got shot in his car and like, did those stories, did that elevate their music to that level? I mean, it was good. I still like a lot of their stuff, but it's just an interesting, interesting concept. But yes, let's, uh, Let's move past that. Let's move past that. We we're gonna get. I could go for days. I, Dude, that's that that yeah. That will be fun. Let's let's go into something else that we could go on for forever. Uh, we've already done two full pods on it. Um, sports. Sports. Replicating success in sports. Got to love. Uh, I think there's there's some good ones. Sports. Here. I don't want to answer this first question. I've been I've been just. <sighs> it's just jumping around it forever. Right. Evan Tone wants to know who do I. I must say, he says, I must say who the Titans are taking at 22 tonight or tomorrow. Who knows when we record this? No one knows, Corey. <laughs> uh, who you got? I'll tell you who I got. Are we, we're going to say the same person for the same reason. Go ahead. I'm, I don't know. Are you, I, I'm saying uh, my, my boy out of Ole Miss, uh, Mr. Moore. Elijah I think, Moore. I think, I could see it, you know. I want that. I, mean, I want if that. If they weren't going to trade for Julio, I think they try so, to get that little speedy guy, right? Like, look, even even to even towards this morning, I got a text, and this is what happens when you live in Tennessee. So let me just read this read this text. Um, I am in multiple Titans threads, <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is the this is exactly what we're talking about with like no source or anything like that, like no green check mark. All right, friend just sent me this quotation. I'm hearing some crazy talk that the Titans are in communication with the Falcons to trade for Julio Jones. Multiple multiple reports are that the Falcons don't have enough cap space to sign their draft class. John Robinson has been talking with Arthur Smith and that rookie GM down there to help them out. We we are offering this year's first and next year's third. To which the consensus in the group was, damn, that's pretty pricey. So, um. So yes, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying if they don't if they don't do that if they don't get Julio I think they they still go receiver. Look, we need a cornerback, we need wide receiver, we need a tight end. We got a lot of needs. So my 
the thing that I want the most is to trade back. If we go, if we go at 22, I would be happy with Elijah Moore or Christian Barmore. So there you go. I think Barmore. I don't know. He doesn't. He doesn't take coaching well. Yeah, I think that story's. Bull- <laughs> I think that story's it bullshit is. though. It I, is. I really. It is. That, I, you can't go to Alabama and not take coaching. My favorite, not favorite radio show, J. Martin Ramone, they call it the season of lies. And that's what this is. It, there's so much gamesmanship, you know? Let's say the team sitting at 25 or 26. I don't even, I, I don't, again, I told you, I told everyone out there before, I don't really keep up with the pre draft stuff outside of a couple people and stuff because I don't get my hopes up about somebody and then they go to another team, whatever, whatever. So, but imagine a team at 25 or 26, like, damn, we really want Barmore, but Tennessee's looking at him, and uh, how can we get him to fall? And so it's like, well, let's, like, uh, let's just have his agent float this story real fast, or let's float, like, hey, hey intern, come here. We, oh, pull yeah. up your Twitter account. <laughs> source, source from the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, I, I just, now, that being said, we had the Isaiah Wilson project last week, <laughs> last, last year. Uh, that didn't turn out so well. So it, it's difficult. But at the same time, I do trust J-Rob. I trust uh, Rabes. I do think that our, our defensive line is coming together. I do think another piece to that would be great, especially on the inside. And he can kind of play around different places. But I, he was he a can. beast last year. Yes, he was. And uh, I, I, I would feel, I don't know, I love Bama boys on the Titans, man. I'm also, that's a, that's a biased opinion. Uh, but biased, yeah. <laughs> I, who will they take? I think they're taking Elijah Moore. But who, do I, who would I be okay between Elijah Moore and Barmore? I would be okay with those. I and would say the biggest, the biggest person that's taken that type of hit, uh, like this pre-draft, is Justin Fields. That dude is oh my gosh, why forty seven different ways? I feel bad for him. Like I, I like I feel him too. Bad for him. I do too. He's good. He's quality. Um, He's quality. So that, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, yes, we split up this podcast. We are on different days, <laughs> but uh, but the draft is tonight. So I, next week, I would like to do a little post draft breakdown before yeah. we get started on whatever. Oh, because I'll, I'll tell you what. Well, I'll go ahead and I'll I'll you know. Uh, oh, we're penciling this I'll in do now. It now, yeah. Uh, we'll see. Depending on the draft tonight, right? It's depending on who I get season tickets with. And so I'm and I'm we'll, wearing we'll have all, that reveal next week. I'm wearing all Titan stuff today, and you're wearing your Alabama hat. So let's let's hope yeah. Bar, Barmore comes to the Titans so that you can buy season tickets. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, moving on. This is Big Chuck Johnson, aka DJ No Groove. This is DJ. Solid. Uh, before we get started on his questions, I want to say that I think you in your heyday versus him now as far as a shit talking com- competition goes, I would, I think we could sell tickets. I think we could get YouTube streams for sure. One oh, time for the one time. I mean, we played flag football together for a season last year. It was the best trash talk I've ever heard. It was, <laughs> I mean, at times I was like, I'm just going to go stand over here. And if they get in a fight, that's, you know, I'm just going to be chilling over here. <laughs> It was. I'm it sure was, we could have some fun, uh, the, fun little barbs. The best trash talk. I would love to see you guys in one on one, actually. And I think we could actually set this up. Although, I think he's younger than us by like four or five years or eight. I don't know. I ain't scared. Yeah. AJ, nothing but a number. <laughs> now my shoulder may have something else to say on that, but I'll. St- my mouth doesn't. <laughs> I would just, th- just to see you guys interact. Like again, like you 
10 years ago and him now would be great. Um, all right. So <laughs> his first question, since we're on sports, if you had to pick a sports team to root for other than your own, what would it be? Uh, all right. I'm, I'm going to take the easy one out. All right. I'm going to take the easy one out. So I, I won't go NFL, right? Cause we're st- I'm still deciding. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, if I'm taking, if I'm talking to Alabama, so my master's is from Mizzou. I think that's just the oh, easy tie wow. in, right? That's the easy one. Too That's easy. the easy one. That's the easy one. And now I will say I've talked about like from a basketball perspective, right? Being more of a Duke fan. Okay. So if I'm looking at that from an overall perspective, honestly, and I hate this, especially because we lost to them. I've always loved UCLA. When you and I went out and visited that campus yes. and got to walk through the gym, yes. like, was that sophomore year? Yeah. Whenever it was, whenever we got to go out there. I fell in love with it. That was and then, so like, cool. I always loved John Wooden. Yeah. And then actually getting out to the other go see it, see the court, see the banner, see I loved it. So I, I would go UCLA. Great, great trip. Hmm. This is so yeah. this is so hard for me because I'm thinking like cross sports platforms and stuff. I think I always get wrapped up in the players. If it's not my team, then I will pull for the players. And this is gonna be blasphemy. Are you ready? No. Tennessee's basketball team last year. I just liked all of the players. And I don't, I think, I think, I know, I know you guys are going to, some of you will love this and some of you will crucify me for this. And I'm not, again, I I didn't cheer for them, but I I will tell you that they were fun to watch. Um, I should pull up their names because I'm forgetting all their names. The only man that I respect on that team was Fulkerson, Fulkerson, whatever that, whatever that dude who took the, the giant elbow from the Florida guy. Yes. And then apologized like the debt to, for his to how the fans reacted. Now I'm talking about uh, the, the I'm talking about two years ago when they two years ago when they went to the I think it was 2019 maybe when they went to the uh, Elite Eight. Yeah, that was a couple years ago. I should I will say I'm more prepared for if this. If I want to be if I want to be well while you're looking it up, I'll give you some more blasphemy from a basketball perspective. There's one coach that I should hate with a passion, but I love him so much, and that is Bruce Pearl. This man has a passion for basketball and coaching. When he showed up at Tennessee a few years back, and he's obviously at Auburn now, but uh, a few years back when he was at Tennessee, the very first thing that he did, which I absolutely loved, is he took every seat out of the student section and said they will stand the entire game. Yeah. Oh, this, this was when it was Admiral Schofield, Grant Williams, oh, Jordan yeah. Bone, yeah. Monte Turner. They did have Ful- Fulkerson on that team. I think... The only reason why I'm bringing this up is because I get so much exposure to it here in town with um, sports radio all the time. So I think, you know, I didn't, again, I'm not like, God, I will never wear the orange ever, ever, never. But I'm just telling you for that, for that year, I like, if I'm going to pull for a team, that's not mine. I want it to be a good group of people. And I felt like that was just, you could tell that they loved each other. They were a team. They were tight. Like I, I just love the sports competition aspect of it in the camaraderie. So, um, that was a short answer. I mean, before the Titans, it was the Falcons, you know what I'm saying? Yep. I guess again, still is like Julio and, and Ridley. I love, I love those guys. Um, yeah, that's not a great answer, but, but there we go. <clears throat> I'm gonna let you take the next question because this is more in your realm. Yeah. No Jordan, Kobe or LeBron. Uh, who do we think would be in the conversation for the NBA goat? Take those three away. Who would be the goat? Um, honestly, all right. I think you got to look back over a generational. Mm-hmm. 
I think there's some people who really don't get the respect that they deserve when you look at like a Jerry West or honestly Pistol Pete. Pistol Pete was a bad man. That dude, he averaged like 45 uh, in college. Like the dude is sick. But if we're talking like NBA specifically, he, he got cut down a little bit. But Magic, people don't understand how good Magic was. I, I was going to say in a totally different era, you had Magic, you had uh, Larry Bird. Larry Bird, dude, Magic and Bird. That, that rivalry, oh, phenomenal. But then you go a little bit later. Phenomenal. And I don't know about, see, I, I don't know enough about basketball. So I'm just throwing out the names that I know. But I'm thinking like Allen Iverson. I'm thinking about like Vince Carter. Are those people even in the realm of. If no. if you take out those, not even close. Okay, cool. I'll just shut no, up. If you, you just if you want to talk, <laughs> if you want to talk like from a dunking perspective, Vince Carter's probably the best dunker of all. Yeah, time. I would put him in that. I'd put him in that conversation all day. He's probably the best dunker, most creative of, of all time. Like without fail, and the dude, he's just a good guy. I like. I very much. I I'm a very big Vince Carter fan. Uh, but yeah, I'd say Magic. I'd go there. Um, all right, but top ne- five but, all time. But players. now, but now in modern day, yeah. Steph and Luca. Luca's a bad man. Luca uh, looks but you can't. I, I, since betting, I've actually watched a few more games. Um, dude, Luca's a bad man. Luka, he's he's looks, the most unathletic looking dude in yeah. the world, and yeah. it just drops thirty on you like it's nothing. Unbelievable. And then Steph just shooting from Steph's space, the best shooter to ever play the game. Shooting from space. Man. Best shooter to ever play the game. But you can't take like if you want to look at that, you want to take out the big. But you still can't overlook KD. You still can't overlook. Uh, you know, if you look at somebody like the Joker, you know, over in Denver right now, the guy's killing it. Joel Embiid is killing it. Like, there's a lot of guys that are up there. You know, it's, it's a consistency standpoint that I think kind of takes them away. And, you know, that we get to a question in a little while is how do you replicate success? Part of that to me is consistency. You've got to be able to maintain that. And, and a lot of people will get a little bit complacent with making it to the top of the mountain. And that's the easiest way to fall off. Right. So, it's trying to be that consistent. Now, Steph has done that from a shooter's perspective, so that's why I say he's the best shooter of all time. Uh, but, you know, that's where you get into, like, well, is Joel Embiid really that good? Is Giannis really that good? He's only done it a couple years. You know, how can, how can we say this? So it's, uh, you know, it's fun. It's, it's just it's, it's always an evolving conversation, and it's always going to be fun. All right, so next question. DJ's just crushing these questions. Um, so who is your top five all-time Titans players or just favorite sports players in general? I did, I did, I did top five general because um, I thought it was more fun. This is honestly how I spent I, my lunch yesterday. I was going to say thinking about the, <laughs> my the top five more in general is going to be a, a more broad conversation and probably more fun. I mean, Titans is easy for me because I'm still a relatively new fan. I'm only 10 years into this. So, I mean, it's going to be hard not to say Derrick Henry. That's, like, just right there, right there in front of you. Um, I mean, he gets shit on, but Taylor Lewan. I mean, I just, for his attitude, it, it, it just his, you know, when he got up in, when Mariota got clocked late by who was that? Richard Sherman, I think it was, and Taylor Lewan comes up and gets in his face and ready to just murder a human being for his quarterback. <laughs> I mean, that's, hey, that's what you could do for still your quarterback, though. Just pump that into my veins. That's one of my favorite kind of Titans moments. Um, and then, okay, so just overall, though, I mean, I know this is going to be a sport that people, you know, it's in, in soccer growing up, John Terry was a center back for Chelsea. And I remember just that was my first exposure to the game at like the highest level. And I tried to be that because that's the position I played. Um, I mean, from Ch- there's just Chelsea legends. I mean, Frank Lampard played played midfield 
for for them. I, I just loved his competitive nature and everything. So those two from soccer. Who do you got before I keep going? Yeah, you're just you're just you th- naming people that nobody knows. You thought uh, about <laughs> so. Uh, I'm gonna go five through one. Uh, my my number five is pure nostalgia and will be on no one else's number five top five list. And I know that, but I don't care. It is my boy. This is like when we were. This was prime Alabama football for us growing up. If you say Sean Pro- Alexander, oh, okay, Sean Alexander. Sean that's Alexander. A, that's a great one, though. He was a great. That's my number five. Yeah, I, one of my all. I, it, that is a personal one that hey, I know. It's before not before back. Alabama players played oh, in the man. NFL. He played in the NFL. <laughs> that was him, man. Like he was the man, and he was an MVP. I thought you were going to say all pro right. throw. Uh, I was like, oh, that's kind of. I don't know. Oh, no, I know I it's a good that. one. I love pro throw, but Sean, do you love? Pro he throw. was a legend. He is a legend. He was. A, I mean, he yeah, he still does awards. Um, all right, Larry Chipper Jones, number four. Ah, it's a great one too, dude. Love you, me some you've Chipper. put a lot love more thought Chipper. into this list than I did. I told you this is what I did yesterday <laughs> over lunch. Like we, we got we got the questions kind of together, and I was like, all right, well, I, I have like thirty minutes. I'm gonna think about this. Love it. Uh, Peyton Manning, number three. Ah, I love Peyton. He's I hate just, Tennessee. He's true. the only good thing to ever come out of Tennessee. Fair. Only thing. But his SNL episode unmatched. <laughs> his commercial He's a funny dude. his commercials unmatched That's his fact. forehead unmatched <laughs> five or six head but yeah i mean it's, it's, it's unmatched. uh and then the top two for me are, are, are bringing it back basketball uh lebron I'm, i am a big lebron guy um and then i've talked about it before and how much he meant to me kind of growing up but kobe was always like that mm-hmm. was my idol right yeah. like i was always a huge mamba mentality is big with me like i i very much uh, appreciate it. so those are those are my kind of what do you think in like five years is like jake paul nick near that list or is that like jake paul <laughs> let's see if, dude, What's he gonna I, do to? Uh, how's this Floyd thing gonna go? What are your thoughts on that? He's gonna get murdered. He will get See, murdered. You say that, and I don't know. No, I don't know murdered. anything about boxing, but he is six two, and Floyd is five eight. Floyd, six inches, no, dude. He it doesn't matter. He's so good about not getting hit. If you and, go watch any of Floyd's hits, the dude doesn't get touched. Yeah, he doesn't get touched. Yeah, it's interesting. I, again, like I said, I don't know much about fighting. I've watched a handful of pay-per-views from MMA to boxing or whatever over the years, but I don't keep up with history or anything. I don't know if Floyd's fought other big, big fighters before like that. I'm not even saying he's huge. I'm just saying like that seems substantial. I remember when I first started watching MMA with Mr. Tyler King, the first thing that he he, he told me was like, reach, look at the reach because if you can't reach the other person, you know, if the reach is more than like three or four inches indifference that's going to make a that's going to make a big difference because the one one guy is going to be able to to breach the other um so i just saw six inches in height and i'm just thinking to myself you know obviously jake has no career like floyd has but it's just going to be interesting i don't know i'm not going to watch it i'm probably just going to do the highlights like i did on this last one but uh the day before i think it's evander holyfield and mike tyson are fighting or like something like crazy did that like changed that. i no, saw Lennox some, lewis maybe it's Lennox yeah Lennox. i was gonna I say remember. i saw some i saw some uh update or something that said that was either changed or i don't know um whatever this is a total different side conversation but we're here now so what, what do you think this is doing for the sport of boxing? Because I feel like boxing is like MMA took over as like the exciting, cool fighting sport and boxing was just on the back burner. And now people hate it, but Jake Paul has made boxing uh, polarizing again. You know what I'm saying? 
even though it, it seems very, it seems, it seems like he's brought boxing into the realm of worldwide wrestling. Like it's like WWE meets, meets boxing. Yeah, maybe. I, it's definitely expanding the base. I think the biggest thing that boxing's been able to do that's really helped it out is when it partnered with ESPN and ESPN started, you know, yeah. actually promoting and, and showing some of the, the larger boxing uh, matches. I think that's helped it more than, you know, the Paul brothers, like, being stupid. Um, now, it does bring them that into the YouTube, the younger generations, right? I mean, it does. I'm not going to try to discount that. I mean, that's the whole reason that Mayweather said he's taking the fight is because he thinks it would be better for boxing. I also think, though, that it's, I mean, if you if you talk to a purist, and I, I by no means am, but if you talk to a purist, they hate it. I mean, there's like, this is this is yeah. the biggest tomfoolery uh, of all time. Like, this is this is pure show and, and just complete crap. Yeah. But yeah, um, there you go. I think we're gonna skip this this last question, but for this for this funny one. So DJ's last question was: Are you a charcoal guy or a gas guy? Which again has nothing to do with replicating success, reboots, sequels, or any of the stuff that we've been talking about. But totally cool. What are you? Listen, if I have time, charcoal is not. You yeah. can't touch it. You got to be charcoal. Yeah. Can't touch it. Uh, now, I, most of the time I don't have time. So <laughs> that's fair. That's, that's uh, fair. That's I only have a charcoal nice. grill. Um, I will elevate at some point. My dad's got like the egg and like the pellet grill and like all kinds of smokers and everything. Uh, I will get there. I'm not there right now. Right now, I am a charcoal guy through and through. Uh, I think as far as flavor goes, it's not touched. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. good. Yeah, Cody actually just for his, uh, I think it was for his birthday, uh, got a Traeger. So he's got oh, very a cool. nice little deal out there, yeah. While in between chopping wood and collecting eggs. Um, hey, no free shout-outs, Traeger, hook us up. I will give him his last his last quote that he gave to us because we, we do appreciate everybody sending in um, questions. Also, if you're listening to this and you have questions, you can send them into our email, talkingbspodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's talking bs podcast at gmail.com i tried to make that sound as like professional as possible <laughs> so rehearsed so rehearsed uh, that was not rehearsed uh cody cody b's last uh, comment was his favorite sports replication of success was dominating notre dame in 2012 for the back-to-back natty that was nice for bama um nice. he did ask us what our favorite team under saving was i guess we could end on that Oh, I mean, so hard. I'll probably go back to, I'll probably go back to the O nine team. I mean, just cause that was the OG, you know, like that's, you know, Mark Ingram, Julio, all those guys, Rolando. Amazing. Right? Like, that's where it started, uh, you know, like for that's, real. Cause that's where it got real. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's when it was real. Uh, that's probably going to be my, there favorite. were those two weird years in there. I'm going to mess up the years, but I know it sounds crazy, but Coker went in a national championship that was a cool year because that was the year that we weren't really supposed to win it, you know? Mm-mm. And that sure. was, that was Howard and who was our center at the time? He went to the Colts. Mm. Kelly. Kelly. It was Kelly. I, I think I just loved that year because it was an underdog year, you know? Um, second and 26 can't be beat. Oof. Uh, but I feel like that's kind of recency bias too. Well, I mean, not, maybe not. That will be one of the best plays to go down in history. Um, the year with Jalen, when Jalen made the comeback in the SEC championship, as far as, on, as far as feel, feel good goes, 
there's nothing better than that. I love a good redemption short story. He got absolutely wrecked and destroyed when he got benched. And the fact that he came back and got redemption, man, I just felt so good for him and the program. I just, everything, it was just him winning that game, coming in and having to win with his arm after being, you know, labeled as like a terrible passer, which he wasn't a great passer, (laughs) but for him to come in and get that redemption, that was one of the greatest, but yeah, those would be some of my favorite moments, I guess. Uh, But any closing thoughts on replicating success? We, we bit off more than we could chew here. So yeah, a little bit, a little bit, but you know, I think, uh, talking about replicating success and and going through the motion drive, I talked about complacency and, and you not being able to really kind of settle, uh, ever, uh, I think a lot of the things that do get discounted and, and where a lot of people probably have a bigger idea when it comes to success for those who are able to sustain it over a certain period of time, you're not necessarily looking towards the end goal, right? You're, you're not thinking about the national championship. You're not thinking about the blockbuster movie. What you're thinking about are all the little details leading up to that point and maximizing uh, the efforts and the efficiencies and the abilities into all those little details and it's the same thing, right, going through your life, right? If you're able to maximize those little details going through your life, going through your profession, going through your personal uh, anything, that's where you're going to be able to maximize that success. So that's how I think that you can really sustain it and continually replicate it. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is how we're going to end the podcast. <laughs> As a reminder, you can interact with us on Twitter at talking underscore B underscore S. And you can, of course, find us on all major podcasting platforms, including Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify Podcasts. This has been another episode of Talkin' BS.